Support for the Sidebar Podcast is brought to you by Peanut Butter and Jelly. What? Yes, you heard that right. Peanut Butter and Jelly is back, and it's better than ever. Allergen-rich, fair trade negative, and guaranteed to make your child unpopular at school. In new flavors like white grape and prune, how could you not go wrong? Peanut Butter and Jelly. It's jelly and peanut butter together. Three wise men were riding their camels through the desert on their way to welcome Jesus to the world. But then they remembered they forgot the myrrh. Welcome to the sidebar. I'm Clint Myers Novak, filling in for Sebastian Morales, who is currently donating blood to albino orphans. Theodore Featherstone is a writer and contributor for Field and Stream magazine, which is a magazine featuring fishing, hunting, and other outdoor activities. His article, Fishing vs. Fishing, compares and contrasts the sports of hunting fish with the sport of hunting for the tastiest jams and tripped-out grooves. Theodore Featherstone, welcome to the sidebar. Thank you so much, Clint. Now, just to kick us off, I'm sure everybody at home wants to know, what got you started into fishing and what got you started into fishing? I'm very glad you asked that, Clint. From an early age, I've had experience with both fishing and fishing, which I make sure to stress the end of the first syllable on the latter in order to differentiate it from my other love of attending fish in the ocean. Mm. As a boy, I spent time outdoors in a cabin that my family owned in the outskirts of Colorado. It's beautiful out there, really. Absolutely gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And then during the summers, I would accompany my mother and other family members who were interested, following around the jam band Fish Mm -hmm. on some of the various concerts in both the western United States, sometimes the eastern United States as well. And sometimes the middle United States? Yes. And the top and bottom as well? We had attended each quadrant of the country at one time or another. Mm -hmm. Of course, it it varies from year to year. Mm -hmm. Now... Is there a way to transport fish to the fish concert? Have you ever shown up with fish, uh, uh, freshly caught chain pickerel, right as the band is opening up with Farmhouse? Like, has that ever been a two-in-one sort of deal? They rarely open with Farmhouse. That's more of a second set, uh, occasional interval. Uh, But more to your point, Clint, I have been known to bring a cooler with some of my favorite pescatarian offerings uh, for trade or purchase in the parking lot before the show. Mm -hmm. And you sell these off as a kind of uh, secondary method of collecting revenue? It's more of a a barter system. Uh, I might exchange one uh, prepared for uh, an ironic t-shirt. Ah, yes. And uh, how much would a uh 10 pound bass go what kind of t-shirt would you get how ironic would the t-shirt be a scale of one to 30 i'll go with a decided 24 oh that's i'll go with a decided 24 on that bass goes high in the irony the thing i think that most fans and i say fan with a ph enjoy about 
sea bass is the fact that there is a rock instrument also sharing the same name. It, mm. Of course, in the band Fish, played by the Fish bassist um, Mike Gordon, and bassist having two meanings. <laughs> now, you are bait and tackle certified. You are certified lursemen. What are some of the best ways that you've found to catch fish? And have you ever used fish songs to lure fish? Is there a way to uh, fish with fish, so to speak? That's a very good question, Clint. I've been trying to decipher the absolute best fantasy set list that would attract the right kind of fish that would attract as many fish as possible and it is a constant art it is a constantly evolving art Mm -hmm. i am convinced however that it can be done even if i don't have the results to show for it yet for the meantime i still use uh, the standard lures based off of other type of fish the animal Mm -hmm. uh, to attract larger fish for fishing you see, I, I find fish to be very uh, sensitive and emotional animals, and I think if you just appeal to their better emotions, you'll be able to uh, lure them in. Uh, maybe for a salmon, you use a more loving and sensual kind of song, and then for the wily mackerel, something more upbeat. Uh, there could be many different rhythms and, uh, I think, beats per minute that could bring them in. And I think the band Fish, uh, them being a jam band, gives you the the advantage because the longer a song goes, the more chance you have to bring in the fish. This is certainly my thesis that I am out on the waves trying to prove uh, every season, every season. And I do appreciate you mentioning the uh, emotional and the emotional side, the sensitivity side of the animal fish. Uh, which I feel often goes underlooked in um, aquatic literature. Mm -hmm. Something like Moby Dick. Why didn't they look into the feeling of Ahab? You know, a a friend of mine and I, we were were in the parking lot uh, outside of um, Fish in Alpharetta, Georgia, and uh, just just a few weeks passed, and um, we were talking, it's funny you mention this, we were talking about the possibility of uh, rewriting the narrative Moby Dick mm-hmm. from the point of view of Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. It was it was a passing thought, you know, at the, at the, at the time. But um, you know, here, here we are talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as it turns out, I myself am pescatarian, but I've been thinking about turning into a full vegetarian because I I've been reading more about the feelings behind these animals and how they slip and slide in and out of each other's hearts and minds. And, it's uh, it's almost a, a swimming, swimming in emotions. You will find Clint that the aquatic animal's capacity for empathy actually extends so far to the point uh, of the relationship that the Native American tribes had with the American buffalo. Mm. In that, one does not actually need to become pescatarian in order to honor the ethics of the fishes wishes Mm -hmm. and instead form somewhat of a spiritual pact in where the fish understands the sacrifice that they make for the human companion to 
consume of it and take that in as nourishment mm. and the pact that they, they make in order to uh, honor each other. Now, if you were able to make a pact face-to-face with a fish, if you were able to uh, speak to a fish and look into its round, beady eye as mm-hmm. it gasps its last breaths and talk to it, speak mm-hmm. to it, uh, what would you say, or can you actually indeed speak to fish? Well, Clint, I certainly feel that I have communicated with fish before in my life, and that they were in fact able to communicate back. However, you're asking if I were face-to-face, square, with a fish right now, what would I say? I feel uh, it would best be just summarized in... is Sylvia Plath. Little bit of Ted Williams mix in there, but yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes, classic. Now, do you find that you are upset when other people eat fish, or do you feel protective of them in any way? Of course. Uh, I, I know that back in uh, 2015, you partook in a massive uh, supermarket protest at the seafood section in uh, Walgreens in Denver. Now, uh, what exactly led to that, and what were the plans going into that protest? Yeah, yeah, I figured this was, we were going to get into this. I found that Walgreens was completely unprepared for their foray into having a seafood market. They're not nearly a large enough grocery chain. And... It has to be done in the right way. You can't go around protesting every single seafood section in in Whole Foods, you know, at at, at every Kroger's. Mm -hmm. Um, But you just accept that after a certain point, uh, you know, they're doing the best they can. However, Walgreens, I found, was completely unprepared, completely underfunded and and lacking in necessary resources to treat the the matter with the... The proper ethical considerations. So that led to our 2015 protest, um, which was quite successful. Not a single Walgreens in the rest of the country has ever carried a seafood product since. Uh, this is true. And of course, when you talk about uh, necessary products to take care of the fish, you are, of course, talking about uh, fish playgrounds and fish training wheels so that the fish stay muscular and are thought to be in a stream well ideally an entire faaa regulated fish daycare center it's the uh, fish fish association and aquatics of america mm-hmm. and the f of course oversees most uh, sea parks and uh actually was instrumental in uh shutting down some sea worlds um they thought they were they were too big to fish, and that was not the case. Now, what exactly makes a fit fish? What a uh, what makes a fish a fish according to F AAA? Purity of spirit. What else? Uh, no musculature. No defined. When they look in a mirror, what should they see? What, like like a like a set count of scales. Uh, they they. 
I would feel that'd be discriminatory. And, uh, and as so does the FAAA. No buff shoulders. No bulging tail. Not anymore. Um, we've we've accepted all all forms of tails. Uh, dorsal fin should be two and a half inches or longer. They've gotten pretty lax about that mm, okay. uh, in recent years. Unfortunately, a, a fish of America are just letting themselves go a little bit. Well, well to, to some extent, I don't feel that's fair to say. I think we're just more um, including of all forms of fish. Yes. Uh, what about some of the recent scandals of fish juicing that have gone into making fish uh, more readily passing of the FAAA tests? Real hot button issue right now, not going to lie. I'm trying to tread carefully mm-hmm. here. Um, obviously, I outright disagree with this practice. Mm-hmm. And I find it morally reprehensible. However, I'll just be honest with you. My sources inside the FAAA have not been able to do a gosh darn thing to stop it. Mm-hmm. It is just like a whole network swimming right under our noses. And so you're saying that a fish that dopes today is almost indistinguishable from a fish that doesn't, giving the juicing fishes a huge advantage over all other fishes. That's right. They're able to stream, swim upstream at a greater frequency and with greater strength. And honestly, just reach their destination in half the time, mm-hmm. uh, thus sort of winning the Darwin game, um, where fish are concerned. Unfortunate for most non-juicing salmon. Now you're putting your two loves together, uh, fish and fish. Am I am I doing this? Straight? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Fish and fish. You're putting them together. In uh, your new, you talked about it earlier, uh, Moby Dick the Musical. Uh, You're coming out with that in a little while. And you actually talked to Fish to do some of the music. Uh, They declined. And you're working with Moby now. I live a blessed life, Clint. Mm -hmm. I have been so fortunate in these endeavors. Yes, I even got a meeting with fish frontman Trey Anastasio to talk to him about preparing some of the music for Moby Dick the musical. Mm -hmm. Um, Him coming fresh off of his work writing the uh, music and lyrics for the Broadway musical Hands on a Hard Body, Tony Award winning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, they've been very busy lately with various side projects, the Trey Anastasio band, um, Oysterhead, etc. And he was kind enough, however, to put me in touch with um, uh, Richard Melville Hall, better known as Moby, and uh, he, who is famously vegan. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I skipped right over pescatarianism and straight uh-huh. to straight to uh, wow. straight to vegan. And um, well, our we, beloved researcher, the intern Addie Harper, uh, tried out veganism for three weeks in order to prepare for this interview mm-hmm. uh, and she lost four pounds and got oh. attacked by rabid cats 
fighting over some curds and whey. Um, can I ask where she ran into the rabid cats, and are they in the studio? No, she was in Toronto. Oh, oh, okay. Very far away. Oh, yeah. Yes. Hmm. Now, I understand that the uh, this musical is for your uh, association uh, trying to combat juiced fish. Um, how How is that? The proceeds are going to go to uh, raising awareness against juiced fish in order to better fight and develop a warning system in order to tell which fish have been tagged, so to speak? Yes, all proceeds going to raise awareness for juiced fish and fish mercury poisoning. Mm. So, both sides of the coin, the strong and the weak. Yeah. We have to get back to a middle balance. A better pH balance, yes. Your uh, compatriot, shall we say, Moby, um, what is his full name? Richard Melville Hall. Richard Melville Hall. You know, that's funny. I don't think I ever knew that. I just know him by his name, Moby. I think he prefers most people to know him as Moby. He's a very private person. He's very... He does not meet people well, Mm. which I completely understand. He's certainly a musical genius, and he's entitled to every right to his privacy. Yeah. Well, uh, he is very private about all personal aspects of his life, except that he is famously hairless. His entire body is bereft of hair. Um, and I I have to ask, does he swim through the ocean like a fish in the sea? Well, Clint, the condition you're describing uh, is referred to as alopecia. Yes. Uh, it is incurable. And his own proclivities for swimming better or refraining from the practice or surely his own business and if you don't mind I'd, I'd like to refrain from commenting on it you see uh when i was on the campaign trail for my father-in-law who was campaigning for senator of vermont uh state senator that is he uh he met a man who claimed to have alopecia and the man was really just balding so i think alopecia is a myth and uh, I think that people come up with alopecia just to make themselves feel better about their genetics. One of the things I love about this great country of ours, Clint, is uh, everybody's right to their own opinion as well as everybody's right to disagree with that same opinion. Uh, may, may, I, may I ask who your, your father-in-law is who was campaigning for state senator of, of Vermont? Or did they win? Uh, n- no, no. Oh, oh, I was, okay. For Vermont is a special place in fish uh, history, fishery, as uh, as the fans uh, call it. There, uh, they, they met in college uh, in Vermont. Oh, oh yes. Oh no. Uh, George Firewalker did not, unfortunately, win in state senate in Vermont. He's been trying to win in state senate in thirteen states at this point. Well, good for him. Mm-hmm. He will, at some point, be elected. Now, uh. One question I think all all fishers and fishers want to know. Uh, hairy whales, do they exist? Can I tell you something, Clint? Mm-hmm. No. They don't. I think you're lying. 
I think, I think you're hiding the truth from us. And I, I think that you're just trying to hide the biggest fish of the sea from all of us because hairy whales are the king of the ocean. It's like Bigfoot of the sea. I don't know if you found hairy whales prints anywhere, but they certainly don't exist. I can conclusively say it's, it's, it's little known. I feel all of the looking into the matter has just been speculative, and I, I don't find it, the research credible. It's like the Loch Ness Monster of the water. And people will continue to keep looking for it and looking for it, and God bless them. If they're so convinced in their search, I, however, don't believe it for a minute. Well, I will have you know, Theo, may I call you Theo? Theodore. Theodore. I will have you know that I have dedicated my life to finding that hairy whale. The only hairy in relation to whales that I think you're going to find is the Prince of Wales. Well, I bet you there's another one out in the ocean. Okay. And if he is the hairy whale that I'm looking for. You find one, you let me know, Clint. I'll be, I'll be right here casting a line in, jamming out to some Goella papyrus. I will let you know that I have photographic evidence of a hairy whale. And he is large and he smiles at cameras and he poses and he's very intelligent. You're not only claiming that, that he is in fact hairy. One, you're claiming that he's a he. Mm-hmm. And two, that he that he is in fact smiled. Theodore, I believe that you could help me in this endeavor, and I think we should go out on a boat, on my twelve foot catamaran into the ocean, outside of the Indian Sea, and we should find this hairy whale. I'll help you go find a hairy whale if I can bring a tape of Harry Hood along with me. You can bring as many Harrys as you want. If you want Harry Potter, Harry Hood. Mm. Harry Hood. I have many resources available. I have a map to lead me to the spot. I have a well witness who will corroborate my story. The beloved researcher, the intern Addie Harper, has seen the whale. She did battle. Where? She did battle with the whale. Where? She harpooned it in the Indian Ocean. I've already told you this. In the Indian Ocean? In the Indian Ocean. You sent your intern out to India? She was swallowed by this whale. She was swallowed by a hairy whale. She was swallowed by the hairy whale, and she was kept there for, for weeks. This is where she became a vegan, because she couldn't eat anything. So she survived this being swallowed by a whale. And she came out the other end. Which no one has ever been known to survive, other than the mythical Jonah and Pinocchio, I think. Pinocchio did survive in, in the movie, yes. Well, he was also not a real boy at the time, but Addie is no. a very real girl, and I can tell you... She has been through things, and she has seen things. She she came back in one piece, and you believe that she was swallowed by a whale. She has a lot of hairs on her to prove it. Long hairs. Thick hairs the size of my arm. Did, did she have long hair to, to begin with? Not this size. Very small. Okay, well that certainly does bode well for your case. I, however, remain mostly unconvinced. She came back with dreadlocks. Dreadlocks? Dreadlocks. Dreadlocks. With an accent. With puka shells. The, she came the, back a changed person. The dreadlock ness. 
Mm. Mm. That could be the name. Now, Theo. Theodore. Theodore, Theodore Featherstone. I shall just call you by your full name. Uh, you are a fisherman. You uh, you mostly go after fish. Um, if you were to go to for bigger game, let's say a, a whale, a hairy whale, what would be the best lure that you'd use? Well, first of all, Clint, um, such an activity to endeavor would, I'm pretty sure, require a commission greater than uh, what I'm what I'm normally given. One one does not simply go after a whale uh, without proper compensation or mm. promise thereof. How However, much? how much? Two hundred thousand. Noted. On your scale of, uh, of, of 1 to 30, uh, I would the irony that, scale. It would be like on the irony scale, it would be about 200,000. That's, that's not on the scale. Yeah, I measured it. It's, a, it's just bigger than the scale, but it's, it's on the same scale. I may not be able to promise you $200,000 up front. Well, well that's but, fine. I, but I, I can promise you treasure, treasures untold. Treasures untold, you say. Beyond your wildest imagination. I don't know. I can imagine quite a bit. You'll have it. I better. All right. All right. What's the job? Now we have 15 people, 15 person crew going out next Tuesday on the cover of night. And we're going to pull off the greatest fishing maneuver ever created, ever made. Never been pulled off successfully before. We're doing the harpoon vindaloo. They said that was just a myth. Oh, we're about to get mythical. Not everyone is expected to survive, but we will. And those who do, Theodore, could I hope you know? No, nobody has ever pulled off the harpoon vindaloo. Harpoon vindaloo. I, and lived. I, I heard that you uh, you had a friend who did, and you actually saw live the Harpoon Vindaloo. I don't like to talk about that. Well, could you at least describe for our listeners how, how it went down? It was a stormy June night seven years ago. On the cover of night, we had left the port, and we were sailing the mighty... Lake Superior. And the captain was your friend, Curry Pete? And the captain was my friend, Curry Pete. No one would have believed that a whale was hiding beneath the surface of Lake Superior, but there she was. In a flash, I mean, there was a terrible thunderstorm raging. The waters were choppier than a deli counter. A whale rose up. I didn't even believe what I was looking at at first. And this day, I swear, wasn't a hair on that baby's head. I'll say that till my dying day. But in a flash, Curry Pete, he... He reacted. He acted. I, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even know what was going on. He was already... He tied the harpoon 
around the mast of our vessel. The French fry noggin. And what it requires is a force so strong it carries the vessel itself along with the harpoon. Mm -hmm. It only works if the harpoon makes direct contact with the whale at that moment. Mm -hmm. Now you got the whale. Unfortunately, the whale got Curry Pete. I blacked out after that, but as soon as I came to, I paddled back to shore as quick as I could. And I never saw him again after that. Because he died. Superior, they said, never gives up her dead. Hmm. Do you believe in God? Yeah. Do you think God is a fish? I do. And now, a word from our sponsors. Let's face it, not all diapers are created equal. But do you know which diaper will never let you down? Your diapies. Your diapies is the softest, most breathable adult diaper on the market. With four pockets of freshness and a lifetime guarantee, you'd be soggier than a mutt in the rain to not give these diapers a shot. Your diapies. For the driest diaper, your diapies. Support for today's show is also brought to you by Airbox. Do you hate the taste of air? I know I do. Well, don't fret. Airbox has you covered. With our multi-tiered fresh air delivery system, You can have fresh air in a box delivered to your front door so you can breathe easier and feel great. What are you waiting for? Go to their website and enter offer code for the cheapest air anywhere. Don't suffocate, Airbox. It's breathing from a box. And now, back to my interview with Field and Streams' Theodore Featherstone. Fish is one of the most prolific bands, probably the most prolific jam band of all time. Either Fish or Grateful Dead, it's a toss-up, I think. Yeah. So, if they are so, uh, I don't want to say eponymous, but they are so well known. Uh, I will say eponymous. Eponymous. Yeah. Which which band is, uh, for lack of a better term, uh? The chicken of the sea in the jam world. Because if fish is fish, then who's the chicken of the sea? Who is the chicken of the sea of the jam band? Uh, who is the chicken of the sea of jam bands? Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, who is the, the chicken of the sea brand tuna? In the like, By comparison, like, are you saying the chicken of the sea is the... The tuna. Compa- comparing... Chicken of the Seas ranking on a scale of 1 to 30 in the world of canned tuna to the world of jam bands, or? Yes, I, I would say uh, if if we're using the 1 to 30 rating again, uh, Chicken of the Sea being probably about a, a 12. Oh, who is the 12 out of 30 of jam bands? Yes. Oh, gotcha. Definitely uh, Mo. 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 No, period Mo. Period Mo. It's Mo M O E, but they, they spell with a period. Oh, okay. That's that's an interesting way, and I understand why there are only twelve because 
that seems like that could be in the way of any uh, advertising might be kind of hard. If you're starting with a period, people might think that you're at the end of a sentence already before you've even begun. I, I feel like it's sort of a prolific, or profound kind of thought, starting with the end. You know, what does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. uh, depending. No, but that wouldn't work in a musical venue. Starting with the end, you'd have to end with the start. You could also put the middle in the middle. Usually that's where it goes. Hmm. But sometimes, sometimes it's not. Sometimes they put the middle at the end. Mm. That's a that's that, a risky gamble. That's when that's when they're really sick into like a type two jam and they're just going to town with like like the piano and the guitar, just like they're they're just sort of like they're just they're just rising and rising and it's continuous and then it takes off and it's sort of just a roller coaster of groove and the whole stadium is on its feet and everybody's swaying back and forth and they got the light show and it's just blasting everywhere and then you know like oh my god they just like reached the pinnacle and I don't think they can swell the energy up any higher and then right at that like peak moment where you don't think you can get any higher the boom they come right back in with the chorus of the song they've been doing this whole twenty five minutes. So they almost drown all of their the all the people at this concert. They drown you in music in a, a sea of music, like an effing baptism. Sorry, can I curse? Oh, uh, yes, you can. Okay, like an effing baptism. Yes, yes, that's on the sidebar. We don't look down upon any sort of language. Uh, it's just you and God that you have to answer to. Well, in that case, I feel I'm, I'm quite all right. So who would you say is the uh, the pearl of the ocean of music? Kind of the, the, the diamond in the rough, but in the ocean. Who is the pearl of the ocean of jam bands? Of jam bands. Who provides the pearl jam? Is this, is this kind of what you're asking? That might be what I'm asking. Okay, I'd say the Dave Matthews band for sure. Oh, all right. The kind of the, the one thing that just... Always keeps coming back. Exactly, and every it, the gold standard. I mean, everybody's on board with it, you know. And the you know a, you know a Dave Matthews song right when you hear it. Yeah, so. right, right away. I, iconic sound. Got an artist signature all over it. You you know that is a Dave Matthews band song, unless of course it's a Dave Matthews solo song. But you know that's that's mostly a different thing. Now, what fish? would you bring because you talked about bringing fish to a fish mm-hmm. concert what fish would you bring to a dave matthews concert rainbow trout rainbow trout rainbow trout then no question no question oh and uh, rainbow trout because a little bit of everything something for everyone mm. okay not anything to do with uh marijuana or anything that he no i think if you wanted something evocative of marijuana i would just bring marijuana or cannabis or Uh, ganja that is a good point uh i myself have partaken a couple times in college have you i I smoked twice in college really and um only once had to call the campus police i'm i'm impressed uh i was smoking a strain of hybrid the other day so potent i literally died uh for about 20 minutes uh, I'm not certain exactly. I had to go off a of security cam footage. I'd do it again, though. That sounds like quite the trip. What a long, strange trip it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's actually 20 minutes. Um, 
had you been playing, I understand that at that time you were playing Grateful Dead and you actually came back at the end of the song that you were listening to. Terrapin Station, yeah. Yeah, man, that must have been something uh, to, to go away from life and come back in the exact same state that you left it. Yeah, just in time for like the reprise of the chorus. Mm-hmm. It's very nice that they have such long songs because then you might have felt otherwise. You might have felt like you had lost most of your life. I mean, I feel like you go to any Fish or Dead & Company show these days. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's at least a person or two somewhere in the stadium probably leaving this mortal earth for about 20 minutes and then coming back. Hmm. Speaking of leaving this mortal earth, mm-hmm. uh, you have also not only been to a, bo- a lot of fish concerts, yes. but you have fished yes. many streams, many oceans, and you are uh, prolific in the world of fishing. What would you say is the uh, same questions as before the uh, chicken of the sea of streams? I'd have to go with the one behind my house. Mm. Okay, very simple, rudimentary kind of. Just yeah, there. I mean, when you think of a stream, what you picture in your mind, that is literally right behind my house. That's why I built the house there. Ah, oh, you built the house with your own hands? No, no, I built the house with about thirty other guys' hands. Okay, so, but I I compensated them to do that. Of course, uh, as I would also compensate you to come with me to the Indian Ocean. In order to go on the greatest okay, adventure. I, I gave you a number, and this is the time where you would counter, but you have yet to provide me with a number. I treasure beyond your wildest imagination. We already had this this conversation. Okay, could you quantify treasure beyond my wildest imagination on a scale of 1 to 30? Let me just say that I have a, um, a sponsorship deal with Red Bull to pull off the Harpoon Vindaloo, and... If we get, if we get the whale, and if we get footage of the whale and of the harpoon vindaloo, that is a lifetime contract. What are they going to pay us in Red Bull? They're going to pay us in, you know, all those people, all those stunts people who do flips and cars and motorbikes, and they have all yeah. the Red Bull stuff. Yeah, that could be you and me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm I'm kind of good. I'm kind of good on on a career as a Red Bull stuntman. Uh, not exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, I also uh, I don't feel like they have the best track record for pulling off stunts that work. Mm-hmm. I know they always have that thing where it's like make your car fly, and then none of the cars ever do fly. I mean that's because what you're talking about is the literal. You know, I was there when the bear ate his hair thought it was a candy i mean that's well what what you were talking about before is the flu tag and oh that yeah is, the flu the flu yeah flu tag, that is yeah. a, a contest to see how far you can get a, a, a cardboard car essentially it's it's not built it's not designed to last but this this glory and this redemption and this valhalla like moment that will get you into the next life and beyond that is meant to last. All right, Clint, I'll consider it. That's all I wanted to hear. Your consideration is key. No, well, no one knows a body of water like you do. I dare say not. I dare say not either. What's the difference between a creek and a crick? 
in my experience, it's the part of the country that you grew up in. If it is a creek, maybe you're from the western part of the country, and if you say crick, you're probably from the eastern part of the country. Mm. Now, how do you catch big fish at night? Uh, well, my first suggestion would be don't go out during the day. But if there was a specific reason why you needed to do it at night, I would suggest get a flashlight and then just do it the same way you would have. Well, there are some certain fish, some uh, more dangerous fish, more exciting fish that come out at night. Like glow-in-the-dark fish? Yes, glow-in-the-dark fish. Uh, also, the chupacabra fish comes out at chupacabra night. Chupacabra fish? Yes. Yeah, uh, I also had a buddy, uh, not Curry Pete, uh, another buddy, whom I actually know from a fish concert at Dick Sporting Goods uh, Park in Colorado. This is Anchor Dan, right? Anchor Dan. Uh, he claims uh, he had a nasty run-in with a gecko fish one time. Oh. Um, no. And and fun fact, Anchor Dan does have Geico car insurance. Oh, uh, fortunate for him. This this was before he encountered the gecko fish, but because funny enough, as this was at night time, he was not able to attain photographic evidence of this creature, and therefore uh, this remains unvalidated. No, I myself do have photographic evidence. Yes, of the hairy whale. On this again, but, Clint, but, but, I gave Theodore, you what Theodore, you wanted. I think we have another task at hand. I have another map. You had a, you had a first map? I have a first map to the hairy whale, but I have another map to the chupacabra fish. And I do believe that we need to avenge Anchor Dan and what how he has been wronged. And you are the man to do it. And you need to come with me down to Texas. Be Anchor my- Dan is completely capable of conducting his own business. If he has failed to produce photographic evidence of the gecko fish, then that is his business. Yeah. And as his bud, I do not have to fully support every foolhardy endeavor he might attain to. But rather, you know, with your best friend, you got to give him tough love sometimes. You got to be supportive, but tough. You know. I. Well, that's the gecko fish. On the other hand, the chupacabra fish mm-hmm. has always fascinated me. Exactly. So are you saying that you want to go to New Mexico first? That'll be one trip. You can be my navigator. Be my wing boat. All right. I tell you what. Why don't we why don't we go after the chupacabra fish first? Then if I'm feeling up to it afterwards, I'll take a glimpse at your at what you got on the hairy whale, but I'll give you Davy Crockett's meat locket. You know I I have a buddy Who's trying to sell me on a meat locker? Mm-hmm. Frankly, I don't keep that much meat 
ever since piling up with Moby, I went I went vegan. So I don't I don't require that much. Uh, I see. It, it, it's 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 interesting. Like like I try like you know Richard and I share a love for fish life. Uh, however, um, I try not to share with him if I were to eat of the uh, animal. Uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, we just agree not to talk about that. I don't bring it up. He does bring it up. All right. One last thing before you go. Of course. Each of the fish members of the band yeah. are very, uh, they're, their personalities are very big. They range. They are friends, but they have personalities. Uh, if you were to assign a fish for each member of fish, what would they be and why? Well, this is a great question, Clint. I'm very glad that you asked that. I would have to say that Trey is a Chilean sea bass, feisty and unpredictable, as evidenced by both Trey's propensity for unparalleled scale jamming and his heroin habit, which he was able to finally kick before the band reunited in 2009. Congratulations, Trey. Uh, bassist Mike Gordon, uh, I, would, um, I would compare with a goldfish and not a different type of bass, even though he plays the bass, but I would compare with a goldfish because... Uh, Everybody's always watching him, and yet he seems to do very little at all. Uh, keyboard maestro Paige McConnell, uh, I would have to compare to um, what was the fish that Merlin turned into in the animated film, The Sword in the Stone? The Merlin fish. I uh, haven't seen it in a while. Was it a catfish? Whatever it was, it still had his glasses and his little white beard thingy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would have to say because he is a wizard at tickling the ivories. Uh, and then drummer John Fishman, uh, I would have to say most resembles a hairy whale. Does he? I've assessed all of the possibilities, and I cannot come up with a better one. He is mythical in that you, when you watch him, you cannot fathom that he even exists. Do you, do you think that he would be available for an adventure? Well, Clint, I'll tell you this. We can absolutely ask him. I need someone to hit the drums on the boats so that the people or in rhythm. And I think he would be the perfect man for the job. He is an incredibly talented percussionist. We have 15 people and all, he just needs to just keep a rhythm. Just as we, as we row out and sing songs of battle. He would be great. Theodore Featherstone. That's me. Fish first fishing in field and stream. Thank you. For coming out. Thanks for having me, Clint. Next week on the sidebar, llamas. Llamas are everywhere. I'm Clint Myers Novak. Thank you for stopping by. Mm -hmm.